Hello. Welcome to the 12th episode of La Storia podcast. I'm your host, Santina Giannino. Today's guest is my friend, Stacy Shipman, who in the last couple of years transitioned from being an entrepreneur to being an employee and pursue her love for stand-up comedy, singing, and writing. As an entrepreneur for 16 years, she founded Engage in the Room and Engaging Voices podcast, created and conducted network meetings. She was a coach, a toastmaster, and a blogger. Stacy will talk about how burnout is a real thing that made her reevaluate her life and make major changes like shutting down her business and podcast to be the director of membership and communications in Northeast HR that she loves and pursue her dream of establishing herself as a stand-up comedian and singer. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the Study Podcast. I'm so glad that you can make it here today. Thank you, Santina. It's good to be here with you. Excellent. So um, we're reversing roles a little bit. You uh, had me as a guest on your I podcast. Right. What was that about three years ago? <laughs> More, probably. It was before the pandemic, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, anyway, a long time ago. Probably maybe 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just before that. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, so one of the reasons why I wanted to have you always been on my list, but, you know, I um, I was waiting until we kind of got together again. We haven't talked for a little bit. Um, so um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you as a guest today is to talk to the audience about your change. Mm-hmm. You have gone from being an entrepreneur for like 16 years. Mm-hmm. You were involved in a lot of things. A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one day you kind of woke up and you decided to make a change. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I can remember the day that I made the change. I don't remember the date, but my husband and I were taking a walk and it was at the time, probably late 2021, when a lot of headlines were talking about the great resignation and people quitting their jobs or getting laid off. And I remember being on a walk and I said, we were talking about all of that and I said, God, I wish I could, I wish I could get laid off. me <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then I, I literally stopped in my tracks as we were walking and I realized like wait a minute I'm self-employed I can do whatever I want I am going to lay myself off and I mean I didn't lay myself off in in the way that a, a corporate business would but I made the decision that and said out loud I don't want to run my business anymore and um and it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders so uh after that I I don't, know, I don't remember what I did after that. I just know that I kind of told people I'm not doing this anymore. I finished off all the work I had. And then by that January, um, I got a part-time job just to clear my head. And by that June, I had secured a new full-time position. So I remember <laughs> probably like two years ago, maybe, mm-hmm. we just during the pandemic, I think, we were walking World's End. Mm-hmm. And um, so the first thing they... We even talked for a little bit, and then you started you 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 investigating starting a food be- mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. That was like the first thing, which was like really really interesting. You wanted to sell yep. hummus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did a lot of work. I yeah, I did some research, took a class. I've been making hummus my whole life, um, and then after six, uh, taking a six week class that teaches you everything you need to know, I finished, and I was like, this is not for me. Yeah. 
It was a lot of expenses, a lot of risk. A lot of expenses. I was less concerned about the risk, but um, it was it became more of a burden, feeling of a burden than simply to make some hummus and share it with my friends in family, which is really just, I think what I was looking for was more human connection. And so food, growing up, food was always a connection point in my family, right? We gathered around yeah. food. You're Italian. I can yeah, imagine that's yeah, a familiar uh, sentiment. Um, and so I realized, like, I don't need to rent kitchen space and, you know, pay all this money for a product I can make in five minutes in my kitchen and just share with people without needing permits and refrigeration and all that kind of stuff. So I, I did the research and I realized it wasn't for me. Yeah, and that was nice. And then you did yeah. share with friends. That was a very nice I did nice share. Evening. That's right. <laughs> I did. I did, yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun. And that was the end of that chapter. That was the end of that chapter. <laughs> well, I've always been a believer. Like, I don't know. I, I can't say I've always been a believer, but in the 16 years that I was self-employed, I think one of the biggest lessons, and I, t- I share this now with like my niece and nephew who are in their 20s, and like just explore and experiment. I didn't grow up in a family that was like, you can do anything. It was more like, go to business school, make a lot of money. And then that was not, that was very limiting. That was a very limiting belief to be told. And so I've spent a lot of time experimenting and exploring. So since that's what you did, you went to UMass and you mm-hmm. got your master's in education. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you go from that to like studying your business, engage the room. the room and then you had a podcast I mean you did a a, probably like about a hundred podcasts right? I did a yeah lot. I did about a hundred podcasts um, um engaging voices engaging voices <laughs> podcast engage the room so engage the room was the last iteration of my entrepreneurship experience I left the corporate world in t- 2006 my background was in marketing communications specifically in research and when I started actually I had a business called let it flow I was in the wellness space So, um, teaching yoga, fitness, I led hiking groups, um, I started an online magazine called Healthy South Shore and ran networking events. That led to me writing a couple of books about public speaking and networking and so then I started to speak and that's where those, that's where that came from. Um, I hosted and produced a women's conference for a few years and then, um, came back to the public speaking communication work as a consultant and facilitator because quite frankly it made the most money but but also it made me realize that I've always I've always chased the dollar and chasing the dollar has never has never been a satisfying endeavor for me so um so engage the room was the final iteration of all of that or the culmination of all of that and uh, the pandemic brought to life for me and this is where the burnout came in and how i now define burnout is for me working towards something you don't want right and i didn't want my business engage the room as it was for a long time even before the pandemic which was a shock to me when you told me that I was talking to a stranger Mm because suddenly it was just, I mean, because you did such a great job. You did all those network meetings and, you know, the podcasts and everything that you did just always seems like you just did it so effortlessly and, you know, you were so good at it. 
And then you say, well, I don't know. It's not really what I want. You did for a long time. And I'm like, wow, you really know how to fake it. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, to be honest, hosting events and the podcast, hosting is a role I really enjoy. Um, and I think if I were... Then you had a lot of games that you came up with. Did yeah. You yeah so make you it, it really entertaining fun. and interactive right. yeah. and, and not just... I mean, I wanted it to be engaging for people, but I also came from a place of having been a quiet person growing up and knowing what it's like to feel uncomfortable in a room of strangers and feel invisible in a room of strangers, I really wanted to make sure nobody felt invisible. So that was always at the forefront of my mind when I put together events. And it really worked because it really got people to talk and just get to know each other and exchange business cards. They were really fun. Yeah, I really you. enjoyed it. And a glass of wine didn't, didn't, didn't hurt, hurt either. A <laughs> couple of appetizers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was probably like one of the things that I missed the most yeah. during the pandemic. Because everything yes. just did really shut just down. Stopped. And nothing started that <clears throat> pretty much. Very little. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit, but it's yeah. just not like it used it's to be. It's not like it used to be. I don't think it's ever going to go back to what it used to be. It doesn't seem like, it just seems like things just changed in general. Mm-hmm. Like we're in a mm-hmm. new phase of business-wise, you know, I know, up there. Yeah. I, I miss it. I mean, I think about I it a lot, know. the social aspect and just reading about what's happening in the world from a loneliness perspective, and we don't have to get into this now, but um, the social interaction of having a business networking event, like every day almost, Right. Uh, I really, really miss. Right. But you host almost every day, right? I used to go probably to like one every couple of weeks or so, you know, daytime, nighttime. Yeah. Whatever, it was always yeah. interesting. There was always interesting people. And, and once in a while, you actually did meet a contact, mm-hmm. somebody that you could do business with. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just something that we just lost among other things. Mm-hmm. But um, I did listen to your podcast from 2020, Burn Hours, a real thing. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty eye-opening, too. Yeah. Like, you really What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, your realization of, you know, mm-hmm. like, that you were just, like, felt like you couldn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to do anything. Want to do anything. Except for watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, that started in the summer. I was like, I'm going to take July off, which is something I had never done, even as a business owner. I never took that much time off, but I was done. I was like, I'll take July off. Have a nice summer. And July came and went, and I was like, hmm, let's see what happens if I take August off. And then August became September, and that's when... September October time frame is when I took that walk with my husband and I was like I'm done so I finished up the work I had but didn't take on anymore yeah but so but the good thing is that now that you released all that stress and pressure Mm -hmm. and doing things that you didn't really want to do Although it was fun when you relaunched, you just relaunched your website and your message, like what, about a year before you quit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I spent a lot of money but, on some new messaging. Yes. And yeah. that was fun because I was part of the yes, it was. photo shoot. It was fun. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun walking around the park and you yeah. have the photographer following yeah. us and, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and the pictures come out beautiful. They were beautiful. And, yeah. The message was beautiful. The message... Well, two things about the message. The message is still very relevant to who I am. 
Like that's not going to change, I don't think. The second thing is without that message, I probably wouldn't, I don't know if I would have given up my business because the the message of shedding formalities and expectations and all these things that weigh us down. I think if I hadn't gone through that process, that wouldn't be in my head. Um, So as I was thinking about my business, I'm like, this is a formality. Keeping this business is an expectation that I have because I've done it for so long that other people have because as we were talking earlier, you don't typically go from entrepreneurship to employee. It's the other way around. Right. So there was all these expectations about having a business that I was holding on to. And I think without that message, so having that message made me realize, oh, it's time to shed this because it's not working for me anymore. So that message was really like for you. Uh-huh. You came back for that message for yourself. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh? But it worked out great for you because now that gives you allows you to do the things that you really love. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I really enjoyed just recently is watching you do <laughs> stand-up comedy. <laughs> Open mic. Uh-huh. So, yeah. which is like kind of funny because just a few minutes ago you said that when you grow up, you know, you were kind of quiet, a little reserved, and now you sing, mm-hmm. you do stand-up comedy. I mean, but even just the last 16 years when you had mm-hmm. your own business, I mean, you're always in front of people, mm-hmm. like teaching people how mm-hmm. to communicate better yeah. and more clearly. Uh, Postmaster. Mm-hmm. How did you go from being a shy, quiet person to like the ultimate? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. Um, you taught yourself? It was... So, so when I look at old pictures of myself, like, like three, four, five years old, I don't know that I was shy as a really young girl. I think I became shy over time because I have pictures or either that or because my mom tells me when I was really young and, and I'd be in the cart in the grocery store, I would say hi to everybody until they said hi back. I'd just be like, hi, hi, okay. hi, hi, hi. And that's not the behavior of a shy person. Right. So uh, I think over time... I mean, my sister and I were bullied as kids. Just like lots of things happen in school, in in the neighborhood. You know, we were the only girls um, who didn't have brothers. So like we were, we were targets and we were verbally, emotionally, physically bullied by the kids in the neighborhood. So it was, um, so I think that experience as a young person, just my, my safety zone was to retreat. So, um. So that's where I think the shyness and kind of afraid to put myself out there came from. But when I quit my job to start a business, I mean, you have to network, you have to talk about yourself, your, you know, what you're doing. So it was a combination of desire because I wanted to, you know, go out on my own and, um, and the, and the, the willingness, people often say, you're so brave, you're so courageous, but it's really a desire and a willingness and ability to do the work. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because I think we all feel self-conscious, yeah. but you just have to push it aside, right? And just say, who cares? Well. <laughs> I, it's what I say to myself. I, mean, I don't know what Yeah, I don't know if I said that <laughs> so much as, like, I mean, I mean, I guess, the, so desire, a willingness to do the work and the right support. 
So, you know, my husband was supportive. Joining Toastmasters is a super, you know, public speaking group. That's what people are there for. And most people come because they have an intense fear of it. Right. So you're in good company and a very safe and supportive setting. So I think those three things together allowed me to make mistakes without feeling too judged. And, you know, con- con- um, the continuous practice is what builds confidence. So do you think that your husband contributed? in you gaining your confidence because he's in communications as well right uh he was more like organizational development i mean he yeah communication is a big part of what he does too but in a different way than than what you did than what i did yeah um so he i mean he his support was i mean i didn't know what toastmasters was so he introduced me to that he joined it as well so we would go together um, and then just, you know, when I was like, how do you become a public speaker? He's like, you just tell people that you're a public speaker. Okay. So, you know, he had some, some good insights and, um, for, you know, and, and cause he had owned his own business too, before going into corporate. Uh, so he had his own experience. So he had his own experience yeah. in, in that world. That, that's, yeah. that's great. So that, that's like really an evolution mm-hmm. that just took place and well you know when they say that you have a lot of courage you do though because you you did go into Mm -hmm. like a business Mm -hmm. where you you know put yourself Mm -hmm. out there constantly you know and there's a lot of people there so there can be a lot of judgment Mm -hmm. whether you you know (laughs) pay attention to it or not (laughs) especially when they're staring at you yes yep a little bit (laughs) nerve-wracking and then to have the courage to actually walk away from that and report to somebody Mm -hmm. which I mean I'm so glad that you found somebody that you actually really Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. which is kind of sometimes takes people like a long time to find a job that they really love yeah and the first one that you found Mm -hmm. was what you really like Mm -hmm. and you're still there and Mm -hmm. you're still enjoying it Mm -hmm. And you're still in communication. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I think a lot about how I got this job and how lucky I am to have gotten this job. That really checks all the boxes for me. And the reality is I knew, I over the last 16 years of kind of, you know, having my business, but also doing a ton of personal development work and self-awareness stuff, um, I knew that if I was going to get a job, Again, I didn't want to chase the dollar just to chase the dollar. I wanted to have a solid job that I could use my skills, let my personality shine instead of hide, and um, that had all the things that I wanted in a job. So I, I've done so much work to know, I guess, who I am now and not wanting to hide any part of that and what I'll tolerate from other people, you know, boundaries, whatever you want to call it. So I knew going in and the last thing I said to myself before I got out of the car to go to the interview, the in-person interview was, uh, it was kind of like a low bar. Yes, I needed a job, but I knew that there would be others. And I was like, just give them who you are and what you believe and don't hold anything back. And they're either going to love it or not. But I was tired of hiding. So I went in like full stop Stacy, all my crazy ideas, my message about shedding formalities and dropping what's weighing you down and doing things differently and disrupting the status quo. And they, that's what they wanted. 
so it worked that's why it works so well I didn't hold anything back and they knew that's what they wanted and now it's a really good fit because I don't have to hide anything so I, I was just gonna say because now you used the word twice mm -hmm. hiding mm -hmm. what are you hiding what were you hiding I think I was always hiding I, I always wanted to be a performer that was my dream my dream was never to have a business for the shy person <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, which is why I never became a performer, because I had I had opportunity. My uncle was in music. He he asked me when, when I graduated college. He said, if, not, if I get you an, an internship at MTV, would you want it? And I was like, well, you know, money. Did you say yes. You I didn't. Up and down? I didn't. I jumped up and down, but it was an unpaid internship in New York City, and I was like, well, how am I going to pay for that? So he did, you it was much only, it was only like 20 years later that him and I talked about it and he was like, do you regret doing that? Like not doing that? And I'm like, well, sometimes obviously, because you know, back yeah. then MTV was big, uh, big yeah. and they played music. Um, but I was like, but how was I going to live? And he was like, wow, well, what did you think I was going to let you be homeless? And I'm like, you could have told me that 20 years ago, you know, but so anyway, my shyness is what kept me from doing that. I had opportunities to take voice lessons, piano lessons. I just, um, yeah. So the hiding is that you were hiding what you really wanted to do, which was <clears throat> to be a performer, and instead you were doing running businesses. And even though it was sort of like performing, but not mm. being on stage. Well, do you were on stage? It was on stage. Sure. You, it's kind of like hard to really even describe. It was hiding my per, my real personality, and my own thoughts and ideas. That's what I was hiding. You were really? Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I didn't pick that up. I don't think I ever really. I think that that over time I more fully realized those things and put them out there, but for a long time that's what I was hiding from. So I so quiet was a way for me to hide, kind of the the higher energy boisterous part of me. Like I love laughing. I like to <laughs> kind of like to be loud. I mean I don't like to be loud in an obnoxious way, but I like that energy of a loud conversation or laughing really hard with friends and. Um, after a while, I just kind of retreated. Too yeah, yeah, I'm very analytical. Because, because you were trying in my to head. be professional. Or... Trying to be professional, you know, be a good girl, act like a lady. All the things that I was taught growing up, you know, um, don't speak out of turn. Um, what else? No one needs to know your business. If you want to be successful, work isn't fun. I mean, there were a whole host of beliefs that I grew up with that you know in combination with just you know the bullying kind of thing i think that just i was like all right just zip it up and i'll play the game but eventually the game didn't work anymore so you went through this period where um obviously you went through this burnout period mm -hmm. that you kind of like you analyzed mm -hmm. and you really knew exactly what you were going through and how you're going to come out of it and then after that, I think you did another podcast, which is, those are the unusual ones because you didn't have any guests that were just about me. you, yeah. talking about yourself, like what you learned by yourself, you're just sharing it. And that, the overthinking, mm -hmm. which is like, I don't know anybody who doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we overthink mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. and that's what stops us from mm -hmm. doing things that we really, really yep. want to do. 
Yep. So how did you overcome that? You mean most recently to yeah. make these changes? Right. Um, well, I think it was the, it was really the burnout. It was so... I've never experienced burnout like this. I mean, I've had moments where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do anything. But this was like a totally different level for me. COVID has something to do with it, though? Definitely COVID had something to do with it. You know, not seeing people, recognizing that I didn't want to work alone anymore. I wanted some socialization. That was a huge part of it for me, I realized. Because I was doing all the things, you know, to improve my mental health, like yoga, meditation, journaling, walking in nature, you know, weed walk, weed right? Walk, so yeah. I was doing all of the things and none of it was lifting me up. And then my husband came home from work one day and he's talking about, you know, all the, all the stories from work and all of a sudden it hit me and I was like, oh, I need to get out, you know, three years at home without any social interaction and that was... You were really at home for three years. Well, you know, I mean... Oh, you're pretty much, right, just yeah, like, yeah, there was no yeah. networking, right? right we weren't right. seeing anybody in person. Right, right. I mean, on Zoom, on, yes, you but it's Zoom, not... Yeah. It's, it wasn't the same. So I realized I needed to be around people again. Like physically in person with people. So, um, so I got a job at Trader Joe's. I know. Part-time. <laughs> uh, part just, just to get out of the house and, right. and clear my head. And that was, I've never done, I've never worked retail. I worked at McDonald's when I was 16, but I've never worked retail. So I did that part-time, and it was honestly the best decision ever. Cleared my head. I didn't have to think about anything. It was a very physical job. It was, uh, I didn't have to think about the schedule. It was, you know, done for me. I punched in. I punched out. I went home. I didn't have to check in with anybody. You just do the thing, and you leave. Um, and that is what gave me that so being around people along with the clarity and the rest the mental rest that that job gave me allowed me to then see the other opportunities as they presented themselves so that you didn't have to spend so much time thinking and thinking yep. and mm -hmm. going over things yeah it's so bad because i think a lot of people unfortunately went through a lot of mm -hmm. bad times mm -hmm. And some people recover really well, mm -hmm. and some people probably still yeah. struggling. Mm -hmm. I know a couple of people yeah. that are still struggling, um, which yep. is like really sad. I took a different approach. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, first few weeks I was, you know, stayed home and Lysol everything, and that's <laughs> 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 all that happened. And then after that, I was like, oh my god, you know. So I, I just, I did go out there. I went to restaurants when it was only 25% of the people that could get in. I that was probably the best work. time to go. It was. Yeah, because there was nobody there. There was nobody there. Yeah. You, you would have two seats, and then there'd be like, you know, two seats on left mm -hmm. and the side. Mm -hmm. And everything was super, super clean. Yeah. Everything was super fresh because right. there wasn't really any people around. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I went to I went back to work right away mm -hmm. and just wearing the masks. Yep. And I... Pretty much just, just kind of just, we did all the holidays, yep. we celebrated all the birthdays yep. with the family, mm -hmm. we didn't mm -hmm. stop anything, so we didn't have a big loss, yep. but a lot of the people that I speak to, big loss, you know, yep. they missed Christmas, they yep. missed birthdays, mm -hmm. and, but I'm glad that you come out on mm -hmm. top, mm -hmm. and now, not only that, I mean, everything that you're doing now, it's just like really super cool. <laughs> <laughs> Like stand up comedy. <laughs> it's like that 
takes. Yeah, that's the hardest thing I've ever done, I think. <laughs> For anybody, even, it's so hard. even yeah. the professionals, mm-hmm. that they said that's the hardest thing to do. They all, you know, like to just, mm-hmm. and you write your own material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the hard part. That's the hard My part. My analytical brain needs to let go of the logic because comedy's not right, necessarily right. logical. It has to be off the wall, kind of to make people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that it's just a new way of using my brain. And so I'm, that's a new muscle for me to like let loose that way, relax that way. How do, how do you pick the subjects for your comedy? <clears throat> um, I, so I have a couple of books and I've taken some classes and they all pretty much tell you like lead with topics that you feel really energized, passionate, um, even angry about. And that the harder the topic, the more funny it can become. So when I look at it that way, I'm currently writing jokes about uh, being shy and quiet and the impact of that. Um, Writing jokes about middle age, being a middle-aged woman specifically. And I'm still working on some jokes there. Um, And what's the third area? Oh, I I love personal development, yoga, fitness, all that stuff, but I do think there's a lot to make fun of in that space, so I'm working on some jokes in the personal development space as well. That's great. And then I will most likely, the next topic that I want to embark on is just work. Just the topic of work. Yeah, jobs, work, because there is a lot of material. I love <laughs> There's a lot of material in work. And I'd love to think that I could maybe be like a corporate comedian or something at some point. So oh, get hired that's, by... That's, that's different, yeah. yeah. Well, to make you, fun I mean, of the audience. So you already... I mean, you've done in scene, right? Yeah, yes. So yeah. It, there would just be another yeah. level, right? Yeah, exactly. I, that, that's a great thing. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because you can be the MC, but just bring a lot of humor into it, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. So then we have singing, mm-hmm. unstoppable. Unstoppable. <laughs> listen. <laughs> oh, you watched the video. <laughs> I know you, but I still had to do a little research because there's a lot of things that you know. You, you found you all know. the things. Uh huh. Well, I love the song. Uh-huh. I right away downloaded it to my playlist. It's a good one. Yeah. I've never heard it before. Oh, yeah. No, and I love Sierra. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, it's a good one. singing. So, you've been taking lessons for a long Eight years. Wow. That was always my dream. That was like my dream. I wanted to be a performer, but I really wanted to sing. And, um, and singing and comedy. So, getting a job gave me the mental space and energy I needed to focus on those things because I wasn't doing it before. Um, but they are the ultimate, they, for me, they are the ultimate in putting yourself out there. The ultimate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. S- singing. Mm-hmm. Um, Isabella sings. Mm-hmm. Well, she hasn't sang in a couple of, since she's been in college, mm-hmm. she hasn't sang at all. Actually, I'm trying to encourage her to go back and take lessons because I think such a great, so great. talent to have, you know, and to be able to you know, get in front of people and just you know, expose yourself mm-hmm. like that. She can do it and you can do it. You know, like, it's just an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And and you had a lot of fun because you were performing. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. So, they, these, so I love these activities because it's what I always wanted to do. And also, to your point, like, 
they are it's more than singing and doing comedy it's about connection right it's like tapping into who i am and what what message do i want to share through song through comedy through through whatever medium um and then how do i best do that what's the emotion behind it what's the what are the words behind it what are the movements behind it so it's a whole person experience that when done really well creates a connection with oh, yeah. the audience because music yeah in comedy mm-hmm. too i mean when people do connect mm-hmm. i mean it's an emotional mm-hmm. thing yeah. i mean you know yeah yeah i cry when mm-hmm. i went to see andrea bocelli like that's, that's how <laughs> yeah, you, oh, yeah. you can get so like you moved. moved you're moved just mm-hmm. you know yeah and sometimes even watching it on tv mm-hmm. some of the music mm-hmm. is just like yeah. really yeah, yeah so it is a like and to yeah. be able to connect with so many people with just that one right. thing that, yeah. you, that you're doing, mm-hmm. it's just, it must bring you a lot of joy. It's so much joy. And the video you saw when I was like jumping all over the yeah. place, the whole point of that, because I don't think I included the kind of intro where I explained what I was working on with that song, and it was loosening up my body. So my goal uh, there was less about how I sounded and more about can I... Can I be loose in my body when I'm singing this song? So that's what that's why it looked maybe a little all over it was the place. Fun. It was fun. <laughs> you were performing. I was performing. Had I my no most about my it. biggest body movement and volume that I possibly right, could exactly. in that space. Yeah, yeah. very mm-hmm. open. You were yeah. very open. Yeah, yeah the largest yeah. movements. Yeah, like they, they were not soft. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, no, it was no. it was a big song. So now I'm working on a song that is slower and a little softer. It doesn't have as big of the notes aren't as big and there's more stillness so that I can really focus on the emotion behind it without feeling the need to move and just be in the feeling of the song. Well, from one extreme to the other. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah. Which is what it's expected. Right. So the audience is expecting yeah. that based on the right. sound and based on the words that yeah. you're saying. So, so it teaches you so much more than, it's like, it's so much more than singing in comedy. Right. You know, but as it, words. They, but they're different. They're different. They're so different. So different, which is why I, I think I love writing parodies, because it's a combination of both parody songs. Well, speaking of that, you're also a writer, a mm-hmm. blogger. Mm-hmm. I read some of your blogs. Mm-hmm. They're very, very um, interesting. Um, <laughs> they're interesting to, to, yeah. what does that mean well, I'm trying to think of which one I think I mentioned one too oh the other thinking is yeah. no, that, no that was a podcast. podcast maybe what was the blog the blogs I think kind of like overlapped a little bit of podcast around that time right maybe like 2020 maybe yeah um, but I mean you're a very good writer thank you and you said that you wrote a couple of books I didn't know about that. Yeah, because I don't. They, they're those are bad writing. Those were like my. <laughs> those were like my, the first two writing projects I had, and when I read them, I still have a copy of them. But did they, you publish them? I self published them. They were just they were little pocket guides. I mean, they literally fit in your back pocket, so they were not big, big full size books. But they were cute and they were useful to the people that did buy them at the time, or you know, when I did workshops and stuff. It was a. Uh, they were very how to oriented you know versus story focused but um i mean i like the process of writing it's very calming for me i don't know why 
It's kind of like a puzzle. Well, because you're good at it. Thank I you. Mean, you know how to put... I mean, I had to work at that too, but yes, thank you. Well, I think anybody, we all have to learn everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Even champions. <laughs> yeah. Start it by learning right. whatever they, you know, they yep. claim. Yep. So, of course. But, I mean, you do have the inner talent. Otherwise, you can only learn so much. And people can only teach so much, right? Uh, yeah, I think... So a couple of things I've learned about writing. Writing is rewriting. Having a good editor is key. And the more I write from the heart instead of the head, the better the writing. Right. Because then it's something that you believe yeah. in, mm -hmm. something that you can, you know, right. talk to. Yeah. Because if you're writing from the head, that means you're going after the money, right? Going after Again. the numbers. It's numbers, logic bullet points you know step one step two step three and that's just boring right <laughs> and you do really enjoy about writing and mm -hmm. talking and, and podcast everything is always about feelings and the self um um, um discoveries mm -hmm. that you've made of yourself mm -hmm. which is really really yeah. great yeah not a lot of people can reach that point some people Unless they'll just go around and say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you seem to have come to a point where, like, now you just like, you we went through all this, yeah, right, yeah. and now you're yeah. discomfort level in your yeah. life. Yeah, I mean, I think from a life perspective, yes, I think comedy and singing still push my comfort zone boundaries. Oh, you definitely, have to, you know, you, definitely. And if you become big, you're still going to have to push. Yeah. To, to yes. Time, right. Right. Um, but from a, where I am with my job, with work, is, which is something I've always struggled with work, always struggled with work. So from a work perspective, a hobby perspective, just like a life relationship perspective, a self identity perspective. Um, I, it's, it's been a lot of unlearning, to get it to get back to the core of who I am it's essentially what it's been and yeah I feel a lot more settled now than I than I have in the last 15 years or ever I don't know <laughs> <laughs> definitely over the last three the last three were rocky they were they were up and down but I I'm glad it happened because I don't know if I would have made the decisions that I made without the pandemic to be perfectly honest to be stuck and yeah. spending a lot of time right. on your own. Yeah. It kind of just... So if you kept on going, you would have just kept on going. Just kept Because going. you just kept on going. Because just that's what going, you did. Especially right? since you had invested all that money. You invested you know, time. Invested money. Time. I was making money. You know, I had right. clients. So things were fine. Nothing was bad. And, right. I, and I... This is a very privileged thing to say. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing. I just... I didn't like it anymore, but it was working. So I think without this, the time, like when it all went away because of the pandemic and people just canceled everything, I didn't miss it. And that was telling to me. I missed the money, but I didn't miss the work. And that was a strong message for me to pay attention to because I didn't want to go backwards. Right. Well, it's a good thing that you did. So now, I know that you have a lot on your plate, but is there something else in the horizon that you're thinking about? Or? Something new? Yeah. Honestly, no. Um, <laughs> I am. I am not. I've explored so. Oh well, I do think about hosting my own events again. 
sometime at some point. I don't know if they'll like. Will you they be comedies? Like, like people will come back in a minute. You I, a, I appreciate a, that. Yeah, thank you. Have you. A big I think they would, and if I do something like that again, it would be more on the entertainment side of things. Oh, right, fun. like just a fun night out, you know, comedy, singing, music, something. I don't know what it is. Do your own open mic. So I've, I think about that. So that, I do think about that, but I feel like that would, it's not new. It's just bringing something back that I really enjoy. It's a change. Yeah, yeah. So it would be so. the same kind of venue, but now it's right. completely different because yeah. a lot of people can be part of it right. instead of just being in the audience. Yeah. That would be so, fun to have your own open mic. Um, I bet there'd be a lot of people that will... That you don't know that they want to be comedians or they want to sing. <laughs> I mean, I think there's always an opportunity for a new environment for something like that, a new setting, a new energy around it. So, I just have to. I I, I don't want to take on too much too fast. Right. So it's on. It's on my radar. Um, I don't know for when though. No. Like you say, you have a lot on your plate right now, and you just want to... <laughs> I have enough just, on my yeah, plate. Yeah, It's a lot of good, new things. Yeah. And, yes. Well, yeah. this has been very inspiring. I, uh, it's, again, like, I, I think it's different. I don't know if I mentioned it here, or I mentioned it before, but one of the things that I wanted to really bring to light is the fact that normally, everybody that I talk to on this broadcast, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they become entrepreneurs you know and they yeah. went from the corporate world mm -hmm. and now they're doing mm -hmm. all this and you know, all kinds of things and this one is just like for the first time is the other way around, the other way around. you went from being an entrepreneur for so long mm -hmm. long time mm -hmm. 16 years 16 is a years. long time mm -hmm. to you know having the courage to just let that go start something new but then at the same time just like you say you're still in communication it's just a different yeah. type of communication it's just different yep yeah mm -hmm. so. yep and it's it's been the best. My, I mean, what I always wanted was flexibility. When it came to work, I, that's always what was so important to me. And I didn't need to be my own boss to do that. I just needed to find the right setting. And I have it. The people I work with are awesome. The work is good. And I have the flexibility. So. But the timing has a lot to do with that for you, too. Because oh, yeah. the flexibility that yeah. you have with your job, that happened because of the pandemic. Because you're working from home. I mean, a lot. Some but of it, some yeah. Some of it yeah. that wouldn't have yes. back That's right. before the pandemic. Even wouldn't my have been old as. job. Yeah. If we do one day a week, it was right. just kind of like, yes. oh my god. Definitely like, more. They didn't now. trust you. You know, even if I, I was in management and still did not. I'm, I know. <laughs> After management, yeah, trust I know. <laughs> now yeah. they know that people work very hard from home. And they don't even some. Work. Some. There's still some who want people back in the office, but. They do because it all depends yeah. on what you know, um, what is going on. But with some businesses, though, it's been very slow. I mean, it's been years now, and they're still because yeah. management likes it too. They like working from home too, just mm -hmm. like everybody else. So the timing for you was just perfect. It all worked out. If you had gotten a job before, then you right. would have to be in the office the five days a week. You wouldn't have the flexibility that you're looking for. Maybe. Right. Right? Yep. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Everything happens so, for a reason. The timing was right, and it worked out. And I feel very lucky. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that you came. And um, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And hopefully we can do this again soon. You when, once you put some more things. <laughs> more things. <laughs> do a live, a live podcast at a comedy show. How's that? Wow. Oh. That sounds good. <laughs> That's an 
idea. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stacey. Thanks, Santina. Bye-bye.